0: Welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena.
1: And I'm Manasa, daughter of Persephone. This week, we're talking about chapters 29 through 32 of The Hidden Oracle.
0: I was cracking up while looking over these chapters because you got the, the singing battle again. What? <laughs> know how much you lost your mind in the last episode and I was like of course he likes he has to sing in this part
1: he has to sing always like I get that he's the god of music but can we just can he just get a bow and arrow again does he have to keep singing and it's always like weird stuff like (laughs) why can't I know that it's humorous and it's definitely for the tweens but Why can't he just be like, oh, and I hummed an old Grecian tune that you did not know. It has to be (laughs) very specific songs.
0: Make it something so it doesn't get stuck in our head, Mm -hmm. you know. But unfortunately, the choices that Rick makes are ones that get stuck in my head. (laughs) Yeah. And not ones that I really want in my head for a long time, but that's okay.
1: These set of chapters were interesting a little Um, bit because i was like oh now i kind of see the plot laid out in front of me and my prediction was correct so it was kind of like eh but at the same time it was a lot more insightful than i think the heroes of olympus was about we're going back to the pjo like what is our emotions and how did our upbringing affect us and these relationships between parents and children? And so it's been more fun to read that, even if the plot wasn't my favorite
0: set of chapters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that's the nice thing about just having one POV is we can really, like, dive into, like, more critical thinking than when we had Jason's (laughs) 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 POV. No critical know.
1: thinking happened there.
0: He didn't have that particular ability. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he lost that in the memory wipe.
1: <laughs> Reading comprehension, critical thinking, emotional EQ, you know, all that stuff.
0: Yeah. Not that Percy's like the the epitome of critical thinking, but
1: No, but he's pretty he has pretty high at EQ. I would say. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, agree.
1: And a lot of that is critical thinking, even though it's not, like, logical thinking. It's critically important.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Yeah, he's no logic, because <laughs> he's a fire sign. But yeah. yeah,
0: Annabeth has the logic. Yes, that's true. Long story.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, to summarize what I was complaining about, Apollo faces his biggest enemy of this book, and what I'm guessing will be the enemy of the series, and is betrayed by a friend.
0: What a theme in Rick's books. Betrayed by a friend. Same with the lightning thief. Hmm. All right. I got chapters 29 and 30. So chapter 29, Nightmares of Torches and a Man in Purple Clothes. But that's not the worst. So they emerge from the myrmikey nest into what Apollo assumes is their dumping zone, which is a glade filled with bones, which is really fun and lovely. At the... (laughs) Does it make you think of our book, too? (laughs) Yeah, I was reading it and I was, like, cringing so hard. Oh, man. Do we give context to that? No,
1: um, I mean... I think we've like hinted at it several times on this podcast, but when we were like in middle school and a little bit into high school, I think, or a lot into high school, too. <laughs> it was
0: embarrassingly long time into high school.
1: Maybe, it might have been all of high school. I don't know. Anyway, Erin <laughs> um, and I wrote this like trilogy of books. Like they were 200 they were pages.
0: They were like, like 80,000 words each. And we had three yeah. of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the plot, it was really bad. I don't know what we were... There's some parts of it that really, like, we were clearly exercising our creative writing skills, and I really appreciated yes. that. Oh, yes. And just, like, being able to do that outside of a high school environment was nice. But reading back on it is also so cringy. We gotta get we, back to that. We, we should get
0: back to, back back to that. But um, we had a scene <laughs> where they, like... Escaped this <laughs> society that they had built.
1: This was like this was like two thousand like eight to onwards, right? So we It was
0: really inspired by like the hunger Games. Dystopian Just we actually novel. think that Divergent stole from us. Yes,
1: that's true. <laughs> that is we true. wrote
0: that before. But we had this scene where they like emerged from their society and there was a whole world outside and they were like walking and they're like, What are these things we're stepping on? And I remember you, Mona So we're like, and wolves are there
1: <laughs> We wanted to write very different books Which is the funniest thing Erin's like, there has to be a romance And I was like, there has to
0: be wolves So there were both <laughs> it And was neither both? well done well No Oh man So anyways, they're in the <laughs> Glade of Bones Super fun mm. This was a stolen from us Um, At the far end of the glade (laughs) is the gateway to the Grove of Dodona. The voices of the grove are quiet, as if waiting to see what they'll do. When they approach, they spot stakes wrapped in thick, lumpy wads of white cloth. But wait, it's not just cloth, it's human bodies. Attached to each stake are the bodies of the missing campers, still breathing, unconscious but not dead. So there's Cecil, Ellis, Miranda, Austin, and Kayla. Also, the geyser god Polly is there.
1: I will say though, when I was reading this part, um I definitely my jaw dropped open because I read it and the way that it was presented is like, oh, the heads of human heads are on stakes. Right. And I was like, oh my god. And he was like, oh my god, it's my children. And then <laughs> he says that they're still breathing. He notices them still breathing and they're fully attached. Yeah. But I my jaw dropped. I was like, Rick, what? You're like <laughs> we're going
0: dark here. I know. Yeah, I kind of wish they'd done that. Sorry to, <laughs> dummy Sorry gods, to that those children. Like quite an image. Man. It would have really raised the stakes.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: thanks. So Apollo runs first to Austin's stake and tries to push it over, but it won't budge. Peaches then drops from the canopy, looking worse for wear. But then not long after him, two figures emerge from the tunnel that they came through. Apollo describes them as two of the largest humans he's ever seen. Each are seven feet tall and super muscular. He recognizes these as the Germani, which is the elite imperial bodyguards that had been, quote, cold-blooded death reapers in ancient Rome. So they're just like some large men. Hmm. Are Germani, is that German? I think (laughs) so. They're just large German men.
1: Yeah, because like the Roman (gasps) Empire was at war with the German. You uh know who
0: they make me think of? Oh. The German man in Hoodwinked that sings about schnitzels.
1: You know, I'm not as well versed in Hoodwinked. As much as you've made me watch that movie, I'm not, I don't know this
0: Such part. A, oh, well, he sang a song about schnitzels.
1: Mm, how very German of really him.
0: Those who know, if you know, you know, you know. Um, but that's the image it's conjuring. The Germani then part, and behind them emerges Nero himself, the Beast. Which is, oh, that name. Cringy. It's so, ugh, oh, Nero. Mm. Choose something better. So he hasn't changed much in appearance. In fact, he looks only thirty years old, with a haggard face and a beer belly. And I was like, "Is that what thirty-year-olds look like?" Jeez, Rick! <laughs> like, He's like a hard to thirty. Yeah, like I'm getting close. I know. Oh. He's also wearing a fancy purple Italian suit, which I thought was embarrassing for him. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. Apollo demands that he cut the demigods free and let Meg go because it's Apollo he wants. He says he'll only do that once they come to an agreement, and then uh, Nero greets Meg, asking, How are you, my dear? Meg only stares back and Peaches growls. Meg asks what he wants. He tells them that he wants them to open the gate to the grove for him, and then he'll free the demigod prisoners. He wants the grove under his control, but we know that he'll destroy it if that can't be managed. He tells them to open up the grove because, like, Apollo has oracle god. Oracle powers, guess not god powers anymore, Mm. I don't know. And Meg has tree powers, so he needs them both. And Apollo is like, we'd rather die. But then he turns (laughs) to look at Meg and sees that she's crying and not really agreeing with him. And so Nero says, you see, Apollo, Meg brought you here just as I asked her to. Well done, my sweet. Which is such an evil villain line. I know. Mm -hmm. Calling people my sweet, my darling. (laughs) Hmm. Meg is really distressed. She's saying she didn't mean to. And Apollo is appalled. I didn't even do that on purpose. It's Mm -hmm. (laughs) Apollo. Apollo's like, this man, this is the beast. He killed your father. And Meg says back, the beast killed my father, but this is Nero. He's my stepfather. Nero tells her, well done, and to come to Papa. (laughs) (laughs) Papa. Papa. (laughs) Come to papa. <laughs> and he's suddenly like British. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Some Victorian ghost.
0: Yeah, come to papa.
1: Um, I wanted to say something. Uh, there's like two things that I think really solidified Nero. Besides just the whole villainesque vibe he has going. But um, it was really triggering for me. And I didn't realize until I was reading it. Um, he introduces the Germani... And he tells Apollo their Romanized names because he's like, they have some other Mm -hmm. names, but I can't pronounce it. And I just, in my head, went on a rant. And I was like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Where all words and sounds are made up. What do you mean you can't pronounce it? You practice a couple times and you learn someone's name and you pronounce it and you keep practicing it.
0: And he's been alive like eons, you know? just
1: shows You're so dumb. You don't know how to. I would have roasted him. He'd be like, I can't pronounce it. I'd be like, oh, my God, you can't pronounce someone's name.
0: You can't (laughs) just put sounds together. You you can't even practice their name. Didn't it say their names? I mean, bold of us as we butcher every Greek word Yeah, (laughs) but that's, we try, try, right?
1: We don't, I mean, besides, uh, I don't, I say the ants instead of the. Uh yeah Mayor Mc- Mayor makes, Mayor that Mickey's? one you don't
0: you you don't it doesn't happen
1: <laughs> but you 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 embarrass yourself a couple of times over a podcast and then you get over it someone will correct you until someone corrects you You do the best that you can
0: yeah his and he says their names he says garius and vincius and then he's like Oh no, those are the romanized versions. Yeah, those are the right, romanized. Yeah. And then he can't
1: even say Garius I'm and an He's like, "This is Vincent Gary." He doesn't even like,
0: call them the the romanized names. He can't even do that.
1: No, he suddenly goes American.
0: We are we are in solidarity with the Germani Buff Men.
1: Yes, they need I mean, to then, rebel. When my dad started first started working, I think in California, he like introduced himself, and the guy was like, "That's really hard to say. Can I call you Bob?" And my dad was like, "No." <laughs> Bob. Wow. Yeah. and but that's not, not even, even close like similar to my father. That's not even name. like similar. Wow. Yeah. Uh I had a like teacher in middle uh, high school who um couldn't say monaisa so he called me mademoiselle yep. M. What? Then I had um another a middle art drama teacher couldn't say monaisa so he called me Mo Money.
0: Oh my god, I remember that. I didn't know that was why. That remember was why. <laughs> weird bond <laughs> it must be really close or
1: something he was like mo money and i was just like art teachers are what fucking fuck? weird <laughs> wow he's a white man ruining yeah. my lives
0: people need to just like learn to pr- and even if you don't know how to pronounce something while looking at it like you can ask or you yeah. can google like at this point you can google it you know like they're yeah. like name pronunciation guides like it's not that hard
1: And also just embarrass yourself. It's okay. We've all been there. It's hard to learn something from just reading it. Like, we do it all the time. I am the queen of that. I said Chipotle for years.
0: Chipotle.
1: That's what my family said. And then I said Chipotle to... Some of our friends, and then it's never, they've never stopped roasting me about it. <laughs> it's like Chiron, you know? It's just, Chiron! You gotta go, you gotta go with it. You gotta embrace it. And then yeah. you learn, because people and get, then you're get the opportunity.
0: Yeah, And then you, you fix it. Yeah. But then there's people who are corrected and don't fix it. And that's when it's like, okay, stop. Yeah.
1: I think this was especially triggering because hanging out with somebody, and we did a whole thing where I like, Pronounced my name, I phonetically signed out my name, we did a whole thing, I was like, it sounds like Monica, but it's Manasa, like, if, it that, if you get really confused and you don't know what to say, just think about it for a second, and then literally two minutes later, he was like, Manasa, and I was like, oh, no. God.
0: Yeah. People are dumb.
1: Yeah. Anyway. That was my trigger. So Papa is here and
0: <laughs> He's here to trigger us. He's
1: here to trigger us. His little <laughs> purple Italian suit.
0: And he can't even pronounce. Like, are they, these guys are like his two friends, you know? Yeah. I don't think he has friends. I don't think he has any friends. There's like I mean, there's the, the, the other f- two, like his yeah. co-workers, basically. His business <laughs> He's not partners. His coworkers. I don't know what these are. These are like his like bodyguards. Hmm. Ah, <sighs> Nero sucks. All right. I have another chapter. Chapter 30. I school Meg McCaffrey. Yo, girl, your stepdad is whack. Why won't she listen? God. Yo, girl. Yo, girl. Okay, Rick. He's whack. Yeah, if I meet Rick, that's just how I'll talk to him. (laughs) Yo, girl. Yo, girl. This
1: is my lizard friend. What is it? Reptilian friend. Reptilian (laughs) friend. Yeah,
0: just terrify him with all the things (laughs) he's created.
1: But well, we, for some reason, have hyperfixated. fixated We on. have
0: latched onto it, yeah. yeah. So Apollo thinks of all the times he's been betrayed, but he can't recall a time where it, it hurt so much and surprised him so much. He, like, was, he really wasn't expecting this from Meg. He tries to plead with Meg, and she says she tried to warn him, like when she was crying in the ant enclosure. He <laughs> makes it sound like it was at the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the name of, like... I don't know, like an indie song crying in the ant enclosure.
1: <laughs> Famous Phoebe Bridger song. I don't know what you're yeah, talking like about. A Phoebe Bridgers
0: song. <laughs> 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 oh, but Nero just laughs at, at, um, at Apollo trying to plead with Meg. And he says that... Like, he's like, even if you and Meg have become friends and you're like three days of knowing each other, she's only friends with you because I asked her to. And he's been her stepfather, protector, and caretaker for years. He's like, you have nothing on me. Um, And she's a member of what he calls the Imperial Household, which sounds very Star Wars to me, Mm. even though it's spelled with an I instead of an E. Nero continues to antagonize Apollo, and Apollo is pissed, so he decides to charge at the Emperor, but then he trips over the bones and falls. (laughs) The bones are coming back to get us. Meg Mm. tries to help him, but he refuses her help, instead turning on Nero and reminding him of all the terrible things he did as an Emperor. How he let Rome burn and profited from it, how he erected a statue of himself and likened it to Apollo and claimed to be the Sun God. Apollo tells Meg that he'll burn the demigods too, and Meg seems really distressed, but tells Apollo, Nero cared about me, he gave me a home, and he taught me to fight. When Apollo argues back that he literally killed her father, Meg, panicked, sticks to her story that it was actually the Beast who did it, even though, like, the Beast is is Nero's alter ego, and he, like, does these horrible things and then is like, oh, that was the Beast. <laughs> me, anytime I, like do something wrong i'll be like that was really? sorry that was the beast that wasn't me
1: that wasn't me yeah yeah was like having an alter, like a stage presence like beyonce and sasha yeah. fierce
0: <laughs> i was thinking it's like your drunk self you know oh yeah <laughs> <sighs> apollo sees how nero has twisted this narrative and used it to traumatize meg how he killed her father yet still convinced her that he was a good guardian and that like he was he was the way to be cared for and Apollo feels really sorry for Meg in that moment Meg swallows and then commands Apollo to open the gates and since he's like bound to her he has to so that is the end of those two chapters (laughs) my thought was that maybe he calls himself the beast because he feels emasculated by the large German men Mm -hmm. I thought that was that was logical yeah um I I do like this reveal. I think it's a cool reveal. I think if I was even young, like, I think it would have surprised me. I don't remember if it surprised me the first time I read it. I think I was a little suspicious of her background. But I think as a younger person, it would have definitely surprised me.
1: Yeah, I definitely was not surprised, mostly because <clears throat> I have spent a lifetime reading these kinds of books. Yes, yeah. So I was like, oh, it was very original. But for somebody who's picking up books for the first time, <laughs> I can imagine this being really surprising. I mean, I was yeah. floored when it was Luke when I first read PJ at right? like, like eight. Yeah. Yeah.
0: mm mm-hmm. um, And I also am just like, I'm sure we'll get into it in your section too, but like the intense like parental trauma that Meg has, I honestly feel like she's been – like, we have a lot of abused children in these series, but mm-hmm. Meg, it's just, like, hers is one that I'm, like, the psychological trauma that she has endured. Yeah. it's It feels almost, like, it's it's very dark for a kid's book. And I know, like, I they write it in a way that, like, you don't, like, the younger readers might not recognize, like, the darkness of that, of, like... The manipulation and everything and power dynamic but it's very dark
1: mm-hmm. and it's also like she's what homeless and 12 yeah it's, it's rough
0: yeah Oof. Hmm. i also thought imperial household is a dumb name he should be i don't upgraded. know
1: i'm i will say nero as a as a villain is not my most favorite villain but
0: yeah we'll yeah. see we'll see he how could it could be progresses. a little more extra yeah, he could have a little more flair. He's not creative enough, in my He'd opinion. Be a like scarier. the beast imperial household, these are just like, yeah. He Does could he be actually scarier.
1: have powers, or is he the beast because he's just like a scary normal adult? He reminds me of Smelly Gabe, honestly. Who just oh. had a little bit more power. He's the stepfather. Yeah. He's abusive. He's tripping on his own sense of power, and
0: whoa. This is what Smelly Gabe could have become.
1: He could have. He had some <clears throat> German friends.
0: If he had German <laughs> friends. <laughs> That's the solution to power. That's
1: the solution. That's how you get power. Oh, God. All right. Chapters 31 through 32. So, chapter 31. Listen to the trees. The trees know what's up, yo. They know all the things. Like, oh, my God, very millennial. The, the, all the things
0: you know all the things yeah
1: Apollo is trying to reason with Meg about Nero's intentions she truly believes Nero will not actually burn Nero will not actually burn the grove or the children but Apollo knows that Nero can't actually control the grove its powers are too ancient and since Nero can't have it he won't want anyone else to have it either but Meg has given Apollo an order and he can't disobey Apollo goes towards the gates and gently hums this land is your land all the fucking songs, to open the gates and wake the trees. The trees respond to Meg's powers since she's the daughter of Demeter, after all. Basically, voices explode, like 40 nail guns all going off at the same time, and everyone but Meg falls to the ground and covers their ears. The trees are speaking to Meg, and they end up explaining to her that Nero is actually evil, and he's truly going to burn everything. This is like, Meg didn't believe Apollo, but once the trees said it, she's like, yeah. oh,
0: shit. That's fair. Yeah. I believe trees over Apollo.
1: I mean, that's true, especially with <laughs> Apollo's history with trees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if the trees <laughs> also are saying that, I don't know. Meg relays this and gets Nero to confess that he is planning on fully leveling Long Island entirely and building his new palace here. He's like, no one's going to miss it. And I was like, a lot of people would actually agree with
0: you, but you know. <laughs>
1: Meg begs her stepfather not to harm the woods or the people, but he lights a match and walks over to Apollo's son Austin, ready to light the boy on fire.
0: Nice, yeah. He loves to burn things. He does, so and it's he's hilarious an arsonist. That you he said some- you wanted to be an arsonist.
1: Yeah, but I would be cooler than this, that's true. and I would not burn children or yeah. even like it's build empty buildings. Let's yeah,
0: say. yeah, no, that's fun. Yeah,
1: not nature.
0: Yeah, mm, yeah. Monster. Don't start forest fires, start building fires.
1: <laughs> also, like, the it's hilarious to me, the visual that Nero is this all-powerful dude who has to carry around a box of matches.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He's like, hold on, let me get this to light. He has to try a few times.
1: I know. He's like, god. I swear
0: I'm the sun god. <laughs> I swear it.
1: Striking a match a couple of times. It doesn't work. One breaks. He runs out of matches.
0: I've realized in making this podcast that if we ever met a villain, we would just insult them. <laughs> I think that's just my go-to. you
1: like, know, just bully. We have notes on how you should have performed better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll be, like, <laughs> hanging upside down in their evil lair, and we're going to be like, you don't even have a sunroof here? Like, there's no natural light. Like, it's just so stupid.
0: For some we reason, have no I just had the image of the two, like, old man Muppets that are always like critiquing things and the <laughs> Muppets that are like in the wings that are like boo it's us we think we're a lot cooler but it's just us oh their names I looked up their names Stalter and Woldorf you can be the tall one cause you're a jock
1: <laughs> oh yeah let's try I am a six foot jock <laughs> I forgot that I told people that <laughs> 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 all right um, so chapter 32, it takes a village, people to protect your mind, YMCA, yeah, which is hilarious because I think village people is the yeah. the band, right? Yeah. I saw that yeah. they came, they were like announced that they're going to be a Bottle Rock, which is the concert oh. in Napa. And I was like, they're still alive. <laughs> I didn't
0: know that.
1: <laughs> Do they have well, other hits besides the YMCA?
0: Uh, probably. Mm. They're out there somewhere. I don't <laughs> know them. <laughs>
1: Hmm. Please tell me your favorite Village People song. (laughs) That's not the YMCA. Besides
0: the YMCA, yeah.
1: Apollo isn't the one to go after Nero and stop him. Actually, it's Peaches. Peaches has felt the change in mood and intentions of Meg, and so he goes and attacks Nero, and it basically eats the match. Nero is shocked at Meg's betrayal and warns her that the beast is now going to come for her. (laughs) When I was (laughs) younger... Um, for some reason, my cousin, we went to Yellowstone and my cousin was like, I think I was like eight and my cousin was one and we were like, I was watching him and, um, he became really afraid of bison and the concept of bison. <laughs> and so oh. that was just like what we said for everything. It was like, if you don't eat your snacks, the bison's going to get you. Oh. It's like, I'm going to call, you know how people are like, I'm going to call the police. Like, I'm going to call, police are going to come yeah. to like scare kids. It was the bison. I was like, the bison's going to come and get you. And he'd like eat his vegetables. Nice. Yeah, that's how I feel about this, except it's actual abuse and not just the
0: random giant cow. A giant
1: cow. Apollo here makes the connection that the beast is the version of Nero that he's imprinted on Meg as the bad guy. It's the same way that Apollo had dealt with Zeus's abuse. It was not his father abusing him, but the lightning bolts that had a mind of their own. Zeus used to tell him, like, it's not my fault, you got on the wrong side of my lightning bolt. And Apollo recognizes the need to have these two separate figures in order for Meg to survive, but also so that Nero can keep controlling her. By making sh- it seem like he had no choice in punishing this little child, Nero can say, like, well, you're the reason that the beast had to come out. You're the reason that I had to hurt you. I didn't want to do this. You made me do this. Apollo feels sorry for Meg and understands a little more of his own trauma. He also notices, and I think that explains a lot of Meg's behavior, how she can go from super excited and doing jumping jacks to completely emotionally shut down because she's afraid of what might trigger the beast. She never knew what it could be, could be anything, and she always felt like it was her fault. She was trying to regulate herself. Um... Apollo decides to just basically tell Meg the truth. He says, you're good, he's evil, it's your choice. Because he feels like he can't tell her what to do and also feels like so much of her autonomy has been taken away from her already. Of course, it's not what Meg wants to hear, she wants to be told what to do, rather than making a choice. But she ends up choosing correctly and she orders Peaches to get the matchbox from Nero and the Germani get ready to attack. Nero tells the Germani to burn peaches in Apollo and that he and Meg will have a talk once they get home. Meg responds by channeling the grove of Dodona. Donda. Donda. No, wait. I said it right the first time. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Yeah. Meg responds by channeling the grove of Dodona and knocking everyone but Apollo over. Apollo is only left standing because he had prepared himself for the attack by starting to sing the YMCA over and over again.
0: I do find that image really comical that like this intense scene is going on and he's just standing there like why
1: <laughs> <Da-na-na-na-na. laughs>
0: Doing the hand motion stuff.
1: I know. <laughs> you have to. It's instinctive. Yeah. yeah. Meg hears the trees try to tell her something. They say happiness, happiness approaches, approaches. The, the fall of the sun, sun the, the final verse. Would you like to yeah, hear our specials? Our specials. Clearly that she's having trouble fully deciphering and there's too many voices and the trees are confused. Apollo gives Megs the wind chimes that uh, Rhea gave him and he's still singing in his head to keep himself a little bit sane and mm-hmm. tells her to put it on the center tree and go into the grove. He turns to see the Germani get up, and with godlike strength, Apollo brings them down, even though they're like double his size. He flips them over, holding their spears, and he throws them into the sky like discus. Damn. He then turns to face Nero. Nero pours Greek fire onto the ground and then disappears, which is like so lame. Right? With more unnatural strength, Apollo grabs each of the bound and unconscious hostages and drags them away from the fire. He begs the gods in the forest to help him contain the fire because he's drained all of his randomly unnatural power and also even his normal power. He's basically just lying on the ground. And he hopes that he can somehow prevent the fire before it reaches the gates of the grove. Diurets emerge from the trees like Daphne and they take the fire into themselves and then they explode. Apollo's shocked, injured, and a little crazy at this point. And he starts thinking about all the sacrifices he's asked others to make for him and for the gods. He thinks about all the demigods and how the diorids just have died because he's unable to stop the fire himself. The west wind himself shows up and blows through the trees and gathers up all the the ashes of the fallen tree spirits so that they can go and be reincarnated. Apollo takes this as a sign that the god has finally forgiven him. And at that moment, everyone starts to wake up. Austin and Caleb wake up super confused and still bound. Apollo frees Austin and gives him one of the Jemani spears to free the others. He's decided to go into the grove. Um, some notes. Uh, I just wrote, wow, shocking. Meg was raised by the evil and was told to be evil. I, cause just because I predicted it. Again, yes. I was being bitter about not predicting that. Even though I hadn't predicted most of this. And I have a feeling I have predicted wrongly the rest of the series. So... <laughs> It's fine. Rick is like throwing in child abuse and trauma. I was like, I was not expecting that at all, especially this late into the book. I didn't think that he would have Apollo be so critical and think through like Meg's feelings and be so empathetic for her. But he's been surprisingly really empathetic to his children and to others around him since he's become mortal. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of fun to read. I, I think reading an empathetic character is a lot more fun than reading a character who's just kind of like, learning things and doesn't really regulate his own emotions and Mm -hmm. i don't know it's kind of boring
0: yeah
1: uh nero is super lame i'm gonna say that again i think the purple suit was a minus 10 points yeah the fact that he can't even be like strong and fit even though he's been literally alive for eons and the fact that he like he's he looks old like a hard 30 like we have we have the technology. He clearly has the money. Go get a derma peel. Like, make yourself a presentable villain. I want someone who's, like, so hot. I would like a hot villain. Yeah. I miss Luke. Yeah. Yeah. And then, not we even hot fighting. I mean, is
0: like, I guess she's not really a being. But I imagine, like, her power's kind of hot, you know?
1: Yeah, no. Gaia was at least interesting because at she was just everywhere all the time she was like speaking through people and she was just like this is just a taste of my power just wait till i wake up and it was just like that was exciting this guy is like fully formed and in front of us and i'm not liking what i'm seeing i'm gonna i'm, I'm telling you like two and a half stars at yeah. most
0: we should rate all the villains i you know who's the you top know, villain is it crook
1: crook is because crook has multitudes Kruk is yeah. Luke and Kronos, and Kronos yeah. is scary, he's got golden eyes, he's a daddy, you know, all that stuff. He's a daddy! He's a daddy! He's a daddy who ate his own kids, and then mm. Luke is, like, someone who has daddy issues and yeah. struggles whoa, 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 with his... Was
0: Kronos just the father figure Luke was looking for all along? He let him enter him,
1: so he probably... Aww. <laughs>
0: Aww. No, no, no. Don't,
1: don't invoke Freud again. <laughs> Freud's ghost is so strong.
0: It's, it's powerful.
1: <laughs> it's so powerful. But I think he was the cooler villain because also he was physically formed. And the only reason he wasn't able to become full potential is because you have this complex character of Luke holding him back. Yeah. Whereas Guy was just... She just was waking up. She was like, ugh, I have to get the giants ready, yeah. get them out, out of the house,
0: and, Yeah. Know, hair has children. to get
1: done. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So she was cool because that's a concept being like, we have to fight Mother Earth. And mm-hmm. she's just like everywhere. And we we're like, how do we fight something that we're on her ground? Also, that's another thing, right? With Luke, this is me ranting, I'm so sorry. Yes. Luke Kruk, let's say. And God, they both are just like, we have to destroy the West. And they're really putting out real uh, interesting concepts out there like oh the gods what have they ever done for you they're bad parents and Gaia's like why do I like you have been destroying the earth why do you get to live why do you think that civilization is worthy of living and it, it everyone pauses for a second yeah. and he's like okay let me think about it Nero is like I think we should worship me and all of a sudden, like, no.
0: It's kind of funny i do think there is something interesting in nero though is like the villain well i mean guess just from like meg's perspective is like the villain is also like like it's like overcoming your trauma you know i feel like that's like meg's perspective though it's not as like intense on like a world view of like not everyone was raised by nero you know <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, I guess, and that'll be the the same complication that Annabeth had with killing yeah. Luke, right? Yeah. There's mm-hmm. this person that they used to be, have to, like, divorce this idea that they're the same person, and they're not.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas, I think that Meg's is a little bit more complicated because she's a child, but also because <laughs> with Annabeth and Luke... Luke always was still had, like, a soft spot for Annabeth and tried to save her, so she had to, like, look around her to see the trauma and the horribleness that he was doing. Whereas Meg has experience. Like, he killed her father. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's just like yeah. she was a baby and she's like all she's ever known. It's hard, like, it's the actual trauma that's speaking, not her. hmm I think it's interesting. I love when... Uh, Rick does this and we can have like actual conversations about the whole dynamic I mean I don't think he meant for Nero to be as ridiculed by me as he, he's <laughs> going to be but I don't know I'm excited to meet the other two of this yeah. group I mm-hmm. mean if one of them is somehow Caesar I think that would be very interesting I or, remember
0: finding the other at least one of the other two
1: I, I remember thinking
0: i'm not gonna give you spoilers no i, I had they said that? i don't think it is i don't oh, think okay. so but um i remember at least one of, like maybe both of them but i remember thinking like i think these guys are more like threatening than nero like i i, th- I thought nero was kind of like lame as the main guy the head honcho
1: yeah and also of Roman emperors is he, he is he really like Augustus I don't know like all of these other emperors I guess they still worshipped the gods so maybe they don't get to be in this cool crew but I guess they only wanted the like lightly insane ones because they mean they're all insane love if Cleopatra was just randomly in there oh
0: that would be so cool
1: yeah have a woman you know for
0: oh girl power girl boss yeah
1: yeah.
0: that would be pretty cool alrighty let's do our lightning bolt questions my first one is what would you name your household instead of the imperial household you know you have a group of a family let's say of children you're traumatizing <laughs> I guess um, I would probably
1: just do the like Acharya household just, like, okay. keep the last yeah. name
0: you just keep it in the family. Yeah. That's good.
1: Also, then, like, everyone knows, like, Imperial, Any anyone could be the Imperial household, right? Yeah. Mine's a specific, It is relates back to me, and my name is on it. Yeah. It's all about me.
0: Nero should have just named it the Nero household.
1: <laughs> oh, but, okay, but I that would be really lame to be like, she's, she's part, part of the it. Nero household, and it's like, obviously, you're her stepfather. Like,
0: <laughs> does he even have a last name? I mean, I don't think Nero is his first name. Probably not. Let me look him up real quick.
1: I took a Roman history class in college.
0: So you know everything now?
1: You know everything. I took one quarter. He was named Nero Claudius Caesar Augustus Germancius. Born Lucius Domitius Aborbus. So his name
0: Lucius? maybe and they he called couldn't him say whatever the hell
1: these guys' names yeah, were. Yeah, what the
0: hell? He's the most what ridiculous name.
1: It's like so Latin. Yeah. Wow. Oh, he he did not rule for very long, just like ten years. Oh, he died yeah. at thirty. That makes sense. That's why he's a hard thirty.
0: He's a hard thirty. He yeah. was withered away by that point. He
1: has one, two, three, four, five. Five spouses.
0: Damn. And
1: before before 30.
0: Wow. He got busy. He
1: killed his mom.
0: Of course he did. Mm-hmm. Again, Freud. Freud is really happy he's to like, learn he about was. this.
1: Wikipedia is like, no one really knows why he killed his oh,
0: mom. Well, he's a man. Toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, what would I name my household? I would name my household the nut house because... <laughs> Well, because we had Peanut, a nut, a legume, if you will. And then after Peanut died, we were like, we have to name our dogs after nuts in the future. So Wally is named Walnut now. And Maggie came with the name and knew her name already and was like, had been called it for months at the rescue. But we pretend it's short for Magadamia. (laughs) And also the nut house works because I'm mentally ill. (laughs)
1: Perfect. And also it's kind of, it can be kind of mean to be like, now you're part of the nut house.
0: Yeah. It's like, I'm kind of insulting them a little bit.
1: Yeah. And yourself.
0: So we got this question was, I think on Instagram. So when Apollo gets in fights, is there music going on in his head and does he have a playlist? Amy asked that. And I would like to add to that. Cause I think we're both going to be like, obviously. Yeah. What song would you add to that playlist of his?
1: Ooh, um, I think obviously yes, he has, uh, music, and I think he has a playlist, and I think yeah. sometimes, maybe his ADHD puts a song in there that he's not supposed to. I don't know if he has. Mm. Does he have ADHD? Because he's a I don't god know, turned. But mortal. he's not a dummy Hmm. I don't know. But um, I would definitely put in like the Mario soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Or the Pokemon when you're like running around in the grass and then you then you get attacked by a wild pokemon It goes do 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 i would do
0: that <laughs> that would be good yeah oh i'm trying to think of something i feel like mm. party in the usa <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. a bop i don't know i just feel like it'd be like a, it would add a fun vibe to a battle mm mm-hmm
1: naturally by selena gomez in the scene
0: mm, that would be good that's a
1: bop yeah. yeah i'm like thinking like old song, like songs from like our childhood would make it extra fun
0: yeah i you think know. so some hannah montana throw that mm-hmm. in there rock star <laughs>
1: oh. um all right my question is Okay, so these are just some examples of, like, magical ocean waves or an enchanted forest or, like, your local McDonald's. Like, where would you put your oracle?
0: Oh. Does it have, like, what's the guidance for where you put an oracle? Like, is it somewhere you have to go a lot or is it just, like, a place you really like?
1: It has to have, and this could mean whatever you want it to mean, it has to have some kind of, like, magical aura to it.
0: Oh, Okay. I think I would put my oracle in Cannon Beach, like, inside the rock.
1: <gasps> oh, so you have to, like, swim to the rock yeah. in order and to you have go. have to, like,
0: I don't know how you get inside it. There'd be, like, a secret door mm. that you, like, go through. You have to say a password.
1: As you're getting, like, smashed against the rock by the yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, hmm, where would I? I would choose... I think a public library, but like Ooh. specifically like um a small one like okay. the one in near my neighborhood here or the one I grew up, not the new one we are the one that grew up that yes, we grew up near I got love remade that library. in high school it yeah. got ugly, it well, became very, like, like really- photocotinized.
0: nice. It's very nice. It's but like nice. I loved the other one. When it's I like was a boys a and
1: girls club now. And yeah. I loved that one. And it was just like just like a little room and they just like stuck a bunch yeah. of books in there. And I think or even you know, like in Barnes and Nobles, like the children's section.
0: Oh, I love the kids section of bookstores. That, like that's oh.
1: that's the vibe.
0: And it's always, like, half the books are still things that I read as a kid or, like, it's a series that's still going on. I know. Like, I feel like
1: oh, they what? haven't made any new books. I always right? like to go check. I mean, I have, not like, the YA section and stuff. And, there, I mean, there are some books. I will say, though... Especially here in Seattle, a lot of the children's sections or the YA sections will have, like, a diversity section where, mm-hmm. like, the heroes are people of color. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that as a kid, so I look at it and I vibrate a little bit because I'm like, yeah. oh, I would have eaten this up as a child. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so
0: happy for the kids who get to read this. It's so cool. I love that they do that and, like, make those collections for kids. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. And I was like, oh, so cool to see yourself as the- on the cover of a book. Mm-hmm. But it definitely a lot of series where it's like, have you heard of The Hunger Games? And I'm like, mm-hmm sir
0: <laughs> what year is this 2012 I mm, please
1: <laughs> i was like so i follow a twitter account called it's called Lim, uh, liminal spaces oh, and it's okay. like it's automated but it just like has spaces that just kind of feel like they aren't real
0: oh i love that
1: and they're just pictures of like hallways or weird neighborhoods or really old like an empty library and I was just like thinking of that vibe before you said like someplace that you love and I like that better so (laughs) I think we're going with that instead
0: oh I like that though like a um, cool library cool cool (laughs) Alrighty. well next time we'll do chapters 33 through 36, which almost puts us at the end of this book. So I think we're like, I don't know. I don't remember. I'm like, was that the climax? Like, cause no, I don't think it is. I do remember There's another like, anyway, we'll be doing those chapters next <laughs> time. Okay.
1: Um, if you're interested in supporting us and our crazy rants, you can find <laughs> us on Patreon. The link is in the episode description as well as a link to send us an audio message. You.
0: you. can find us on social media at Camp Have Pod, Send us an email, camphavcod at gmail.com.
1: And if you haven't already, give us five stars wherever you listen and leave us a review.
0: Thanks for listening.